0: Welcome
1: to We Like That Podcast.
0: Because we like that. Back to We Like That Podcast.
1: Because we like that. And that happened with Joe. Versus. without fat boop. Yeah.
0: Yes. So I couldn't. I didn't want to find any gossip because it's demoralizing. So we found two verses or basically face offs um, from Soul Faces Media Over on Instagram, because their face-offs that they do are really fun.
1: Face-off.
0: Calvin wanted to do 84 versus 88. I want to do 93 versus 98. So we're doing both today. Go ahead and tell them what the songs are for 84 versus 88.
1: So 84, the songs are Billy Ocean, Caribbean Green, uh, Sade Smooth Operator. You don't have have to sing them. They're
0: going to hear the sound.
1: Darling Nikki, don't tell me how to do my thing. You do your thing, I do my thing. This is going
0: to go in any second.
1: Run DMC Rock Box. And then for 88, we have Bobby Brown's Don't Be Cruel, Brenda Russell's Piano in the Dark, uh, Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana, MC Light Paper Thin, and Bring the Noise by Public Enemy. Raw! You can say you love me, it doesn't matter It goes into my head as just chit-chatter You may take a single statistical or just That's why we teach We got a funny feeling before before. How low can you go? What a brother Once again, that gives the incredible
0: Good book to the incredible Alright, what
1: did you think? How low can you go? That's really good, I like that So, uh First one is Billy Ocean versus Bobby Brown. It's tough for me because mm-hmm. Billy Ocean is really fun. So you think who you got?
0: Caribbean Queen is so much fun to karaoke to and dance to. But
1: don't especially, be cruel by Bobby Brown. Especially in the video on his little tiny whiteies.
0: It's hilarious. The yacht.
1: Um. With that, with that wet dry jerry curl wet, dry. <laughs> wet and dry all at the same time
0: also i don't know no other songs this man has sung
1: looking like a fake ass jerome for martin
0: what other songs has this man sung
1: uh exactly i want to oh i can't oh i can't remember it but he got other ones
0: he's got another one yeah uh, but bobby i know all the words that so don't be cruel like if that comes on the radio you know every single lyric
1: this is bobby at his
0: Height At the height of of solodum. He had just left new edition.
1: <laughs> don't be cruel.
0: So it's Don't Be Cruel for me, Bobby Brown.
1: Hi, I want to pick Billy Ocean. So I
0: bad. know because I
1: told my boy he looked like Billy Ocean.
0: It's not bad, these aren't bad songs.
1: You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna step outside the box. I'm gonna say Billy Ocean.
0: Are you making notes on our tallies? okay, so cool. One for each. Yes, so next up is Sade Smooth Operator versus Brenda Russell's. Piano in the Dark. Have you heard Piano in the Dark before now?
1: Of course not. So it's automatically uh, Sade. It,
0: well, I mean, it's going to be Sade either way, Yes. Um, but she was a, a staple. In it. I, this was on like VH1. She was a VH1 music video staple. The song's actually really good.
1: Smooth Operator.
0: But it's Sade. You know, we, gotta, we have to keep that one. So. Okay.
1: So now here's the one. Prince and the Revolution. Darling Nikki. And Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana. <laughs> Nikki, started at the grind. Okay.
0: What I will say is
1: What
0: I will say is I feel like Prince wasn't afraid to, to go there with his lyrics. And Michael that wasn't his bag. He didn't like to go that way. I
1: do tell you to say, but take your weight off of me. I know you've been here before, but now you're too blind to see. I know all the songs. I know I know you do. But so I'm that's okay. Maybe do what you will. I'm sorry, Michael. Michael Jackson jumped in my body. i sorry. I got the stuff that you want.
0: I got the things that you need. I'm more than enough.
1: She she's she
0: dealing with me, dirty
1: Diana. I'm sorry. It's good. Prince and Michael keep jumping in my body. But Stop. I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna give it to Prince in this little verses,
1: darling Nikki. Uh i it, it
0: came out first. He uh, set the tone. I'm, for what to expect out of him and the revolution. This is, this is l- labeled Prince and the revolution, not just Prince. This is when he was still with his it's, group.
1: It's Prince. Whatever. Um, I'm going split minds. I'm going to say both. I can't, I can't decide. <laughs> I can't decide. Damn it. I can't decide. How does that work then? They both get a point. How's the tally going to work? It's three for 84, two for 88. Three? It's three for 84.
0: Because he gave one to 84 as well for Prince. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. Okay. Next up, Roxanne Shantae, Roxanne's Revenge versus MC Light's Paper Thin. I'm going to go with both. And since we're making those crazy behind rules, they each get a point. Okay. They're both really good. Roxanne Revenge set the tone for female MCs. She was the first. Well, she wasn't distinctly the first. She was the first. And like I, commercial
1: acknowledgement. I like Paper Thin Paper more, Thin is deep. But Roxanne Revenge was the bigger, way bigger song. It's not even It close. broke the barriers. Yeah. It broke the barriers. So, and MC
0: Light has gone on record to say that Roxanne Revenge is one of the songs that inspired her to be an artist.
1: So 84 has four, 88 has three. Okay. Okay.
0: Last but not least, Run DMC, Rockbox versus Public Enemy, Bring the Noise. Peace! Trouble! No disrespect to Run DMC, who we're going to talk about more of later, but it's going to be Public Enemy, Bring the Noise. For me.
1: Mm. Rock box is way bigger than Bring the Noise.
0: I disagree.
1: Yeah, it was though. I disagree. It is what it is. Um, I didn't listen to neither.
0: I listened to Public Enemies. Bring the Noise. I
1: didn't listen to either, really, but I know.
0: And it came back into fashion uh, around 2020 with all of the protesting.
1: I remember Rock Box more.
0: I feel like Rockbox doesn't have as much of a statement as Bring the Noise does.
1: But I'm going to go with Public Enemy. So it's a tie. Is For it? 80, 84, 88. It's a How? Tie. 88 has four. Uh, 84 has four. How? Because I double up on my Michael in uh, Prince.
0: Who did you choose between Roxanne and MC Light?
1: Uh, Roxanne. Oh, <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> it, it. He didn't count it. I didn't count mine. I didn't count me twice. That's why I
0: was like, twice. how? Uh, mm, I'm glad the Calvin's our tally faster. He's really good at this. Damn
1: it. No, everybody wins. God damn it. There you go. Okay, great. Um, I think 84 won.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. According to you? Yeah.
1: But I think 88 will win with the people. So now we're gonna do. It's 90... Not about the
0: people. This is our podcast.
1: You know it. You're damn right. No one won. Uh. So now we're going to ninety three, ninety eight. No one won. We go with ninety three, ninety eight. This is Javon the one she selected. Uh. For ninety three, the songs are Silk, Freak Me, Freak Me, Baby. Um. Janet Jackson again. Uh. Naughty by Nature, Hip Hop Array, Vanessa Williams, Brian McKnight, Love Is, and Shaka. Demas and Implias Murder She Wrote Versus for ninety eight public announcement body bumping My Body all over your body Uh Mariah Carey's My All Outcast Rosa Parks Uh R. Kelly and Celine Dion I'm Your Angel
0: yeah. I don't even remember that song. That's what it's called.
1: Uh Tonto, Metro and Devontae, Everyone Falls in Love. Okay. So let's go.
0: Okay.
1: like that part here. So So Silk Freak Me versus Public Announcement's Body Bumping.
0: When I tell you that I raced to record Body Bumping on a cassette tape back in the days when you had to do that, you had to wait for the radio to play it. Body Bumping by Public Announcement.
1: Uh Freak Me by default. How is um, that default? I didn't listen to of these songs. I was a gangster. I made love to gangster songs.
0: It don't make no sense. Only. Also, this was nine if it's if it's Freak Me by Silk, that was ninety-three. I didn't
1: have to use love songs to get the ladies. Game, weren't
0: you still in elementary school?
1: Don't matter. Robin. I was getting the ladies. I was That's gross. I was ten and my oldest was You like, weren't ten. She was like twenty two.
0: If it was ninety three, you weren't ten.
1: My oldest like 22. The oldest chick I was you missing are was gross.
0: Like 22. You are gross.
1: You know what I'm saying? I was mature for my age. That's
0: disgusting. <laughs> That's rape.
1: <laughs> Only if you want it to be.
0: <laughs> that is, you are setting a very toxic precedent. Please stop. No. 93?
1: I was... 11! So I was getting it. No. balling. Falling. <gasps> who no. Anywho, uh, the next song is Janet Jackson again versus Mariah Carey, My All.
0: This is hard for me because I use both these songs to cry to during breakups, both of them. Because no
1: one loved her, uh, <laughs> apparently. Wow! No one loved her, apparently. Wow! You the one said you was crying to these songs. Wow. These are, why are we crying to these songs?
0: Uh, first of all, we both know you haven't listened to them. Firstly. Secondly, both uh, of these I'm songs. I'm voting for
1: again. Thank you very much.
0: You haven't, do you, what's What's this again about, Calvin? Tell me. What's it's again tender. about?
1: It's about her falling in love again. No. She loved. denied. She loved, No. I lost a friend today, and it's on me that I'm down,
0: I met a friend today, not lost a friend.
1: Uh, again, is about how
0: she runs back into a big love of her life. That's what again is about. But also how every time they meet back up, it ends in heartbreak every time. <laughs> Thus the again.
1: Why would I listen to a depressed song like that? Because it's good. My life was because very... Because it's good. My life had no depression at that time.
0: The chorus is never fall in love again. But she finds herself falling in love again, against um, her will.
1: First of all, I was too young to fall in love, so that's irrelevant. I thought one. you just said you were no, getting she, it in. No, I was getting it in. That means, I, I don't love these Please I stop I don't love these
0: houses. Please stop. So my all is the exact opposite, actually. My all is about how Mariah Carey wrote well, out herself, but the song is about how they recently discovered that they're all in for this person. This person is a huge love of their why, life. Why? And they just realized. Why are you it. telling
1: me this about these to songs. give
0: you precedent?
1: Precedent is, uh, I when I break up, I just break up. I'm done. Cool. Ca- I Wh- move on. Which
0: song are you choosing then? Uh, again. Oh, by Janet Jackson.
1: Yeah. I said that before we even, you before you went to your dive tribe. I said that.
0: I'm giving it to both. I cried equally to both of these songs.
1: I believe you because you internalize a lot of stuff for some reason. I <laughs> don't know why. Have no idea. How why. dare you
0: tell me about myself? Anyway, wow. next thing.
1: Naughty by nature versus outcast. This not even discussion. It's, it's outcast. outcast not even discussion it's okay hip
0: hop hooray is fun though it's not a bad uh-huh.
1: song but it's
0: not my favorite naughty by nature song do you have a favorite one uh
1: OPP I'm assuming That's, it's yours yep
0: uh it was in Mighty Dogs I loved it
1: I don't know never thought about it okay Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight love is
0: did we even say what the other outcast song was Rules of Parks okay just <laughs> kidding anyway
1: uh, uh well once again uh Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight, Love Is versus R. Kelly and Celine Dion, I'm Your Angel.
0: I didn't know Brian McKnight was the male voice in Love Is. I do remember Love
1: Is. I don't remember none of these corny songs.
0: <laughs> uh, Vanessa Williams had a very strong year in 93. She dropped an album. This was on that album. Great for her. She also did. Um, not, she never did, purchased She ended it up doing Colors it. in the Wind, but that was for Pocahontas soundtrack. She did the other song. Quick. You know what it is. What's her other song?
1: She, no. You know it. No, I don't. Yes,
0: you do. You no, know you know it. It's her walking down the beach. She's wet.
1: Yeah, I get wet when I see her. I Coming. don't know. What are you talking about? Uh,
0: save the Best for Last.
1: Save the Best For Last. It's on that same album.
0: So for me, I'm it is Love Is. That's the song I know. I don't I didn't hadn't heard this R. Kelly Celine Dion
1: one. Also it's R. Kelly. It mm. save for best, gross. For last. I am not going to vote for either of these songs. I didn't listen to either of them. You got to choose one. Uh, Vanessa Williams. So oh, that's two for them? Yes. So 93 is up five to four.
0: We got one more.
1: And the last but not least, Shaka Demus and Plias. It's she wrote, both. Nah, 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 it's both. Versus Tonto, Metro, and Devante. Tonto, Metro, and Devante. Tonto, God, Metro. God damn. I read it like it was three people. <laughs> Tonto, Tonto, Tonto Metro, Metro one, one person. person, and Devante. Dante. Okay. Everyone falls in love. Everyone Both. Everyone falls in love sometimes. So, Murder,
0: She Wrote, I listened to in high school, and I remember thinking it was a new song. It's not. And no. then... Um,
1: a minute ago, she went Nancy.
0: Everybody Falls in Love, I found through you. You had it on a mix CD.
1: Yeah. I was grinding a lot of that. I had my body all over a lot of girls' bodies. Uh, it's also to that how song. I
0: learned that in Jamaica, the the, the it's, I don't know that it's necessarily royalty free, but everybody can borrow each other's beats. And it's no, it's not a problem.
1: Uh, I was bumping, as public announcements say, I was body bumping to that song. Body bumping, and freak me to murder. She wrote, so I picked murder. She wrote
0: silk is gross. Do you remember the lyrics to freak me? Let me Lick you up and down. So Let you me say Lick stop. you
1: up and so down. you say stop? Did you say stop. You never say stop. Gross. Mm-mm. Let me play what your body, baby, make you feel
0: hot. It's gross. Because tonight, baby, I'm going to get freaky with you. Tonight, baby, I want to get freaky with you. You know what I need to do?
1: Make I... you up and
0: down. I need to find other 70s verses. I'm trying to see if they do the song that's got all the astrology signs in it.
1: Uh, it's called like
0: Calendar of Love or something. No,
1: Javon. It's called My Float name is Mickey,
0: On. Mickey, and I'm a cancer. It's Float On.
1: <laughs> it's about the Floaters. Float On.
0: The Floaters? Yeah. That's not, that's not a group. It's
1: called Float On. That's the the name Floaters. Of the okay. <laughs> What's their name? Exactly. It's not the Floaters. Um, so 93, the Drifters? The Drifters? 93-1. Okay. We can tell people how we don't know music when we're off the air. How about that? <laughs> how about that? We can get to you how you don't know music when we get off the air. Anywho,
0: that? let us know if you guys agree, 93 versus 98, given the songs that we've listened to or just in general. Which one did you think was a better music year? Nick
1: Same thing with 84 and 88. Now.
0: I am partial to 84. Who won 84 out of 88? 84?
1: 84.
0: I'm partial to 84 because that's my year of birth. Because
1: so. Nikki started, because Javon Daddy started to grind. Close.
0: Oh, Nikki. Calvin oh. sent me a picture of a Kempo studio he came across. That's your
1: dad's Kempo studio. <laughs> Pop Lock and Karate with Sifu <laughs> <seafood> belly.
0: <laughs> it would be Sensei. Again, Sifu is Chinese. Sensei belly.
1: Pop Lock and Karate with Sensei belly. Rock! You're so crazy. He talks like an 80s rapper. <laughs> Trouble on the base. <laughs> like <a whole> <laughs> you can learn karate too.
0: Do you guys know that we have an email account?
1: Email address is we like that, D-A-T, podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that.
1: Because we might like that.
0: We really might. And we'd love to hear from you.
1: Watch, remastered, who killed Jam Master Jay, Jay, Jay.
0: We watched on Netflix. We wa uh, This was on Netflix. It's a documentary around the unsolved murder of Jam Master Jay from Run DMC. It is actually only fifty minutes, fifty-eight minutes, so it's a little under an hour to watch. It's pretty short. However, we had I had uh, so many questions while watching it. It was a long time to watch it. So, if it was you don't know,
1: I'm sorry. Okay. So, if you don't know, Jam Master Jay was shot in Jamaica Queens at his recording studio in 2002. Despite sick witnesses present at the murder, no no one has been convicted yet.
0: As of the time of that documentary, yep. Because
1: so, there's updates. So if you don't know, Jam Master J was the DJ of a uh, one of the most popular 80s groups, Ron DMC. Mm-hmm. And pretty much after that, his successful uh, Ron DMC, Around the 90s, if you, if you don't know how hip-hop started to change around that time, mm-hmm. and it started going more gangster uh, hip-hop. with well, Coming out of N.W.A., the West Coast started to take over and all that stuff.
0: They keep saying that, but then they also showed, like, Curtis Blow in them. They make it sound like, well, they call it gangster rap. They're like thug rap, gangster rap, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It was more hardcore, but I feel like it was still just people talking about their experiences
1: pretty much it was just people talking about their situation and their experiences growing up in right. the hood
0: but so, but what it was it... the
1: west coast version the same thing was going on in the east coast but they were more graphic i guess
0: okay so you're saying so early days early 80s hip-hop that was talking about like these are the breaks or being on the street or whatever they weren't violent they didn't work detailed in the violence yeah. but in the 90s they yeah. were
1: and, and, and they started glorifying drugs, dealing, and all this stuff.
0: Okay. Like the way of life. Okay. Yeah.
1: The, the gangster way of life. They okay. started kind of celebrating it. Which, as uh, the 80s, was just talking about the situation. Okay. Don't push me because I'm close to the. <laughs> and it's still that happy.
0: Right. Well, they call it ABC happy. rap. I don't even know if it was necessarily happy. It's
1: still like ABC rap with the using Jay, uh, james brown breaks okay beats and uh some uh what you call that disco music
0: i wonder stuff. why i know in hindsight like now it's seen as like happy-go-lucky like a much lighter version of rap but i don't know that that was necessarily the intention when they first started doing it
1: Um it wasn't but that's what happened
0: okay that makes
1: sense and you got to realize too what they were rapping over uh-huh. they're rapping over a lot of disco beats then in the 80s late 80s mid 80s they started using james brown beats mm-hmm. and then they started really in like the late eighties, early 90s started using like uh funk and all that stuff
0: side note we should do a breakdown of the history of hip-hop like the little series that's on netflix
1: sure but let's neither here or there okay anyway, talking back about to the... Jam, J. Jam Master J. So
0: it, it do, the beginning of the documentary really establishes Jam Master J as coming out from Hollis, right? And is that a sub, Is that one of the boroughs little, in Queens? I think little
1: small area in Queens.
0: So, but it's all about how like he grew up in the struggle. He grew up in the struggle all around like a around a a lot of people in the same situation, and he managed to make it out with Run DMC. I didn't realize he wasn't with Run DMC originally, that he came in a little bit later.
1: No, he he didn't do the first two songs. Their first two hits, he wasn't on.
0: Right. And then um, he joined them later. Yeah,
1: they all came from Hollis, Queens, actually.
0: So it talks about them. Um, we've got interviews with DMC. We've got interviews with Russell Simmons. No, Run, for some reason. Um, the, they basically set it up like how this guy was very altruistic. He he made sure to remember where he came from. He was always ready to lend a helping hand to his community uh, whenever he came back that way or to provide uh, jobs and outlets for people who were also trying to get out while he could. And then things changed the closer they got to the 90s when hip-hop sound changed entirely, and he had to go in a different direction. He ends up opening up his own record label.
1: So in 2002... It was like, a, I guess, a rainy kind of it was rainy, October, October kind of rainy night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess two gunmen entered the buzzed their way into the studio, went upstairs, held him at gunpoint and then shot Jam Master Jay they and, left. and left. So
0: but they did this amongst five other witnesses. There were three people in what was deemed the control room of his office. Uh, Jam Master J and another, uh, was this person working for him or just a friend?
1: It was just a dude that pretty much, they say he just sat in a car he, when he, he went was to like talk a to a lawyer or anywhere in, uh, in New York. He just sat in the car so he can double park, basically.
0: Right, so that he couldn't, the car wouldn't get towed or so, nothing. Uh, it was him and them playing video games on the couch, and then there was a receptionist named Lydia High who was at, up the, at, the fr- at the front. In order for those gunmen to get in, she had to buzz them in.
1: So, the guy who was also in front with them was Tony Rin- Rincon? Yeah, Rincon. So, him and Jay were playing video games, and in the back room was uh, Mike B., Randy Allen, his uh, business associate, Bush business associate, and a female artist who they n- I never I guess they named. were
0: working with, yeah.
1: And uh, so, these two gummen, gummen come in, hold them down, and then they shoot Jam Master Jay, and they leave.
0: A- a- At first, the documentary goes to great lengths to show that the way it's recounted by Lydia, who was one of the eyewitnesses to the whole thing, they came in, they had hoods up so she couldn't really tell who they were, ordered everybody on the ground, and then that's when everything took off. But apparently before the shooting, they also had a heated conversation with Jay himself, and then the shooting happened. And then everything else broke loose. Um, the people that were in the other control room, they said they didn't see anything. They were too busy trying to figure out ways to get out of the room. when they started hearing the gunshots. Uh, the guy that was sitting next to Jim J on the couch actually gets shot in his leg in the process of all of that and ends up having to be rushed to the hospital. Uh, and, and all of this happens about a block away from an NYPD precinct. So... And, which makes sense because in the documentary, they show that the cops get there pretty quickly. They get there not too long after all the events take place to start investigating everything. Uh, that's when they discover that Jam Master Jay is dead. His body is on the ground. It's not moving. And then we get into it from there in the documentary. The rest of the documentary is setting up theories and ideas of what could have had this happen in the first place. because. On the one hand, Jay was loved by his community and the fact that he was trying to help bring everybody out of the, out out of wherever to help them kind of get a better start. But also, he may not have been the exact person that the rest of us saw him as. He might have had some other stuffs going on.
1: So we're going to go through the theories and break down each of them. So the first theory was he pretty much was murdered. Because he was involved in the middle of the 50 Cent beef with Murder, Inc. Which like, led to I him, him so being confused. shot and killed in the crossfire.
0: Because I thought 50 Cent was discovered by Eminem and Dre. But apparently he was discovered by Jam no. Master J.
1: He was discovered by Jam Master J And he was signed. I, I don't even know if he was. I think he was signed to Jam Master J mm-hmm. And then they shopped him. And he eventually went to Eminem. And uh, Eminem saw, found him from that point And then took him to Dre. Uh-huh. I don't know why J Master J couldn't have took him to Dre, but it is what it is. I don't know. So that, to me, didn't make too much sense.
0: That and theory? Okay. That theory.
1: And also the people in the uh, documentary also lay out why that theory didn't make sense.
0: Well, they bring up how 50's whole beef with Murder, Inc. may have involved somebody Name supreme,
1: supreme who was a big drug deal at the time
0: right and that that could have been what went down supreme orchestrated it and or came down himself but then you get little sound bites of supreme explaining like one he didn't even know 50 cent and Mr. J knew each other at all and two he uh was in jail at the time
1: and he was like he had no beef with jay mm-hmm. him and jay were cool so he doesn't understand why they would think he had Jay killed. Right. He had nothing to gain from it, nor did he had any problem with Jay.
0: Ultimately, the police dismissed him as a person of interest because he couldn't have been there because he was in jail.
1: So the second theory is Jam Master Jay was having legal problems.
0: Well, that's not a theory. That was a fact.
1: He's having legal problems. He's uh, taxes. He didn't pay his taxes. He owed 470 thousand dollars and back taxes
0: that g at the end of that is a guess. it's estimated It's estimated like
1: so it's probably almost like more almost a million to half a million yeah anywhere from
0: six to seven figures absolutely
1: so the next theory was that he got with a guy named curtis schoon Mm -hmm. and one of his childhood friends named david
0: yeah
1: curtis schoon is a businessman and maybe a street farmer scooter (laughs) car
0: i put notes, potentially, <laughs> maybe into the Possible. street pharmaceuticals. But they, they, they've said businessman first, but potentially rip. also street pharmaceuticals.
1: So pretty much him and Jam Master Jay and David got together. They got together $30,000. And Jay said he had to connect in L.A. and California, who can get he, some he, cocaine from.
0: You know what? He doesn't stipulate Jay said that. He just says they headed to L.A. And they were supposed to meet one guy, but then Jay was like, We'll meet with the plan B. That's how he phrases it.
1: But it's I took it as Jay had a plan A, person that he knew he was going to. That person fell through. So they didn't want to the plan B. And he's like the plan David, the guy who's recounting this uh incident. Event, yeah. Event. Said plan B never works out. Which is and interesting. my thing, well, Javon was like, if plan B never works out, why did you go with it, do it in the first place? I'm saying, no, that was my thing. I'm like, if plan B don't work and he's already from the streets, why did he go along with it if he knew plan B never works out?
0: The, the, the way it was set up didn't make any sense. Before we get introduced to this new event, this new theory of how what could have gone down went down, they insinuate that because of Jay's issues with the IRS, he may have allegedly been dibbling and dabbling with drug dealers to get his money, to get more money, basically.
1: So basically, he's like the fronter. He'll give them the dudes, them dudes get out of jail. They're trying to get back on their feet. He'll just give them the 10 grand for them to go get drugs. And then they make that, maybe 30,000. That's 30, a speculation
0: 000. of an amount. But yeah, he would give them money for them to turn over and sell products. Then once they give flip him it, they give the him double. back his
1: money double. So say he give him ten, they give him back twenty. So he's like, okay, I'll give you another ten. They double that, he give him back twenty. So he'll be like, okay, this time I'll give you forty. So they double it, he get back eighty. So they're saying,
0: they're saying that he was the what Calvin said was the bank man, basically. Yes, he'd give them the funds and then see if he could get his that to
1: he can flip their Expand, money. Expand, basically. Yeah, he can flip, they can flip his money and make more.
0: So, so they laid that out, that he was just uh, an investor party, basically, so that they could grow that money. Then all of a sudden, he's brokering deals with distributors himself. That, for me, that was a leap. I'm like, I, why would he do that? How would he get that far?
1: And this was one of the scenarios, theories for the leap. So he goes to Cali, him and this guy, and David.
0: But him going to Cali means he's meeting a distributor. Yes. Why is he meeting distributors was
1: my question. That's my, that's my whole thing, too. I'm like, there's no need for him to do that if, if he's just if, giving them the money. Yeah,
0: if he's just the investment, why is he doing all of this?
1: So, anywho, this is the guy, David, his childhood friend, telling the story of how they But David's
0: happened. language around it
1: was vague. Very it, vague. It,
0: I mean, it definitely led you. It implied a lot. Like, maybe Jay was the one that set it up. Maybe Jay had this and that to go after it, but his d- distinct language around that particular event left it wide open. Like maybe it was Jay's idea, maybe it was Jay's connect. He doesn't directly say Jay had a guy, Jay met this other person. He says the guy we were supposed to meet wasn't there. So Jay met with the plan B. That's so what he says. they go
1: to the plan B. The plan B pretty much robs him a 30 grand. And also Kurt- confused. And Curtis Schoon... Is mad at Jay because it was Jay's idea, and that's why Jay's, Jay, uh, Curtis Goon probably had Jay killed because Jay lost him his ten grand.
0: We think Allegedly. his ten grand. When you rewound it, uh, that guy David doesn't say he put his money in.
1: Never said how much money was put in. all so, did oh, or or if he put in any money. So I'm assuming if it's three of them, they went ten grand each. This is my assumption. All these is my assumptions. Okay. Okay.
0: His castle so Calvin's theory on the theory. Go for it.
1: Is that they all put in ten grand? They went. The first guy wasn't there. They went to the other guy. The other guy stiffed him. Okay. Now the only way Javon can understand how they how the other guy stiffed him. Let me give you you my
0: theory, and then we will get into why I got confused. My theory was the first. First of all, I couldn't figure out why Jay would jump to meeting these distributors himself. Then my confusion was why was his friend with him we they set out and pointed out that this schooner guy Curtis schooner was a money man. So I knew why he was coming and we knew why Jake was coming cuz he also was a money man. But his friend they really didn't establish his friend as a money guy. And when he's discussing how they lose this 30 grand, he does say we, but he doesn't imply that he added to that pot. So my theory was the reason for the trip was David. David had a guy in California. His first that first connect was David's connect and that fell through and Jay was like I don't want to waste this trip and went with plan B which he just says plan B which to me said David had two connects one he trusted one he didn't and he was like this is a situation I don't really trust the second one but Jay was like in my head Jay was like we're already out here I'm not leaving with nothing let's go with plan B And that fell through, too. That guy scooped thirty grand from them, leaving them with nothing to show for it, was my theory. So based on that theory, I was crazy confused as to why any of this was happening in the first place.
1: So then if that's true, your theory is true, then David is the reason Jay is dead. Because that guy, Curtis Schoon, thought it was Jay's idea.
0: Well, so, so the other thing that didn't make any sense is that they dismiss Curtis Schoon as a... Person of interest as well, because one, he's huge. The description of the uh, assailants don't match him whatsoever. And then later in the documentary, uh, there's a part where Jay's sister's lady named Nita is discussing how Curtis Schooner shows up to the funeral to pay his respects and goes to hug her because they all grew up together. And she at first felt away because she had been hearing the rumors that he might be involved. And he lets her know, upfront like first first of all i would never and then secondly you probably already hugged his potential killer so give, give me my hug and my, my whole thing is this this businessman quote unquote or whatever who gave this money i feel like he felt if he really truly felt a way about it a lot more of those people would have been like absolutely he's definitely a contender for what went down he's 100 percent a contender for what went down but the cops dismissed him Most of those friends around him dismissed him. Even David, the guy who was there for this whole deal to collapse in the first place, and kind of outlined that Jay had more responsibility for it falling through, also said that Curtis didn't harbor any ill will towards him. So if this dude had no ill will, gets dismissed, I didn't understand why this theory was coming from... I mean, the other thing was, this wasn't necessarily David's theory. This was Randy's theory the business associate of Jays. It was just David recounting it.
1: So I I pretty much walked her through why, how they got robbed out of 30 grand.
0: Yeah, I was definitely confused how they got robbed.
1: Either, so first, the first thing would be stupid, and you don't do that in drug dealing, number one. You don't give the money and wait for the product. You don't do that. Normally when you do, do business transactions like this, the money's there, the drugs there, two people meet up, they exchange, make sure everything is everything, and then exchange, and then they go about their business. So the only way they could get robbed is that they went to that spot, they got there, and it went and left, and that dude hit them up for the thirty thousand and tell them y'all can leave with y'all life. And they left with their lives. That's the only way he could get them.
0: It also it just seems so far
1: fetched. It it no, it makes you no one gives the money and then the product. Well, you can do that, but then you you you're you're dealing with wait.
0: What I'm saying, and then is, normally you
1: get the product first, you flip it, and then you send the money back. But that's
0: what I'm saying. Jay's involvement to that degree didn't make sense to me. Like didn't make sense. The, the, Nowhere in there did anybody support or corroborate the story that he might have been dealing himself.
1: Dealing with distributors to, himself. No, because to me, there's no reason for you to go to California just to bring the money and then leave empty-handed. And it's not like you're getting kilos either. You're not getting kilos.
0: This update's going to say some stuff about kilos.
1: Whatever. You. Then that's when they ship shit to you.
0: I'm still confused about this involvement because... They simultaneously try to set up that he was just the money guy. Kilos, and then they also are like, but also he was kind of moving products. Kilos get shipped
1: and moved. $30,000? You pretty much hand that to My other.
0: confusion was, was he just the money guy or was he also a mover? Because this doesn't make sense.
1: Nothing makes sense. Everything is theory. That's why I just took it as theories. I'm I didn't saying care. Because
0: that was the theories by the people in the documentary. And then as I was doing my research for any updates, that theory comes around again. Of so, him potentially being a mover.
1: I don't think he is no need. He's too big of a person to be moving. Everybody will know, hey, Jam Master J is moving drugs. He's out there selling. That would be too obvious. But I think supposedly that's what led to. And also picking up would be too obvious.
0: I, if he deals with the pickup. I don't. This is why it didn't make no sense to me. This is why it didn't make any sense to me.
1: So that was the second scenario. Theory. Theory, I'm sorry.
0: The next theory is that his business partner might be stealing from him.
1: The third theory was his business partner, Randy. What's his last name? Allen. Randy Allen, his business partner was stealing money from him, and he found out, and for some reason, Randy had him killed for some insurance money they had.
0: This also didn't make any sense to me, because the only person who posits this as a theory is another close friend of Jam Master Jay's, Who says that in confidence, Jay was telling him that Randy Randy was was robbing him him. blind. Yeah. But he only told him. Everybody else at the part of this documentary who also has known Jay and also considers themselves close friends of his were like he loved Randy. Randy was his basically his brother. Like this guy was so close. He's the godfather to his son. They find it hard to believe that that was even a situation that could have popped up. But this is on top of all of the other insane situations that could have popped up. So it's like.
1: And also, they're able to corroborate that there was an insurance policy. The police corroborated it.
0: Yes. The, so there was an allegation that Randy and Jay had some sort of insurance policy that if any, either one of them died, they'd be able to cash out on it. And, the, and an insider in the investigation for the NYPD corroborated that, that sentiment that, yeah, there was an insurance policy. That they could use. But this also feels real. Iffy.
1: To me. This whole documentary was. The people showing their angst. Or anger. Or frustration with. The people that were there that night. The police. And the police.
0: I guess what was really rubbing me. Was that while there's some fact in here. Like when Jamester Jay died. Who was allegedly there. As witnesses and who were people of interest, the rest of this is gossip and rumor. and
1: It's pretty much all gossip and rumor.
0: That's what I mean. And, but it's supposed to be a documentary. because, like the, So the, the narrator for most of it, who's a journalist who used to work for MTV and also heads up this documentary, he tries to come at it with like facts, but the rest of it is filled in with conjecture, which is so confusing.
1: So... Now we get into the theory that they think that NYPD is just not doing enough. I, I think? don't think that's
0: a theory. I feel, I feel like that was, like you were saying, their, like their rant Frust- about, yeah, and frustration. frustration. Because cause that, that was, to me, that was fact. NYPD was not doing enough. And that police officer, the retired detective, corroborated that sentiment.
1: So... Apparently, they promised some of the witnesses witness protection. They fell through with that. Apparently, the witness told them one thing at the scene, and then behind closed doors, Lydia High told them that. Uh, That's conjecture. Well. When, sure.
0: they, when they show interviews with the police, and they're talking about what the witnesses saw, at the time of those recorded um, interviews, the police are saying nobody was able to identify the, the intruders at all. They're saying that the hoods were up. It was hard for them to see what was going on. They know it was two guys, and they know they got buzzed in. So it was somebody that was familiar, but they didn't have a, a distinct identification. Then all of a sudden, they do. Randy goes on tour and starts leaking more information because at this point, it's been five years yes. since Jay's murder, and there's still no resolution. So, so Randy starts saying, oh, yeah, my sister Lydia, hi. Absolutely saw who it was, and it was so and so.
1: So their thing is, they thinking the police are not doing their due diligence.
0: Honestly, they're not though.
1: At the same time, I understand their frustration, but saying them too, I get what the police are saying. We don't want to put another black man, innocent black man, in jail, and then be seen as the bad guy for putting another black, innocent man in jail. I get that, but saying too, you're right. They, it's not like they were really looking.
0: It was weird because, yeah, because you're, you're right. It's, it was both of those things. They, the documentary brings up how, like, if they felt the police weren't looking at the CTV cameras that are around the area because they're in a commercialized area. Which I really don't pursuing think they did that. at all. Uh, the police also, though, on their end said they were trying to look at the camera footage. That was the security footage for the studio that was put in there. However, the tapes were all changed out. So it's some other old tape and not even the recent events that were there. Uh, they also talked about how they could have followed up with other people of interest that the community had was humming and rumoring about, so but they the, didn't follow through on any of that. Yeah,
1: so the tape thing, either they had to do it at the time they were there during the murder, which don't they seem like they had before. that by the time, or they had to do it prior they to. They
0: could have did it before. They were known. They were all so. friends.
1: Yeah, so, because, yeah, basically, Lydia High buzzed the person up. Yeah. So, she had to know. And
0: then later, identifies this person.
1: So. Allegedly. Allegedly, Randy says, his sister, Lydia High, says uh, she saw the person in the hood really good, and that the person was who?
0: Uh, Ronald Washington.
1: Tenard is his street name, I guess, or nickname. Also, why is that his nickname? I have no idea. All right. So. Who's uh, Ronald Washington?
0: Ronald Washington apparently is another childhood friend of Jam Master Jay. He also grew up in the same area, around the same stuff. However, the docu- when the documentary first introduces him, he's just a friend who was also aware Jam Master Jay was going through a paranoid time and has a story about how Jay asked him to go buy like $200 worth of bullets for him because he was very paranoid something was going to happen.
1: So we found out this guy was living at Jam Master Jay's sister's, sister's house? And also, this guy is pretty much a stick-up dude. And he's a known... He's a
0: career stick-up He's
1: dude. a known career criminal. Mm-hmm. and He has no problem sticking people up or... He's grimy.
0: But they paint that later. So but when, they paint
1: that... Yeah. When
0: Lydia says it's him, then all of a sudden he's this grimy st- stick-up dude. <laughs> and not the friend that they had been mentioning prior to that. It's very interesting. But she, yes, yeah, she... She doesn't say it herself. Her brother, Randy, says this on different... Interviews he does surrounding Jay's death and is like, yeah, my sister told police that it was Ronald Washington, which directly conflicts with what we saw earlier in the documentary of them saying that no one could identify anything. It was (laughs) big. So then all of a sudden Ronald Washington becomes a person of interest and the community is upset because they feel like the police are dragging their feet and trying to convict him of anything. But also at this time, five years have passed. And Ronald ends up getting put away for robberies that he committed. And in lieu, not in lieu, but in addition to being convicted of those robberies, more information shakes out that he may know more about the circumstances to J Master Jay's death.
1: So apparently he confided in a female friend that he was one of the, the people on the scene for Jay's murder. Mm-hmm. So I guess he she she sent a letter or something.
0: He wrote her a letter that oh. she shared with prosecutors for the robbery gig because they're trying to trump up his charges for the robbery gig by showing an established history of uh, criminality, basically. And in the affidavit they show on the documentary, there's blurbs in there about how one he says he confesses to this girl that he was on site for what went down, and then two he was also partially responsible for the murder. That took place. He provided the cover and held up the people at gunpoint so that the shooter could get to Jam Master J, allegedly. During the robbery trial, the judge dismisses that letter entirely.
1: So basically he said it was a person named Little D and Big D were the two he saw leaving the scene that day of uh of the murder. Of the murder. And he said Little D told him that his dad, Big D, wasn't supposed to shoot and kill. J,
0: which also didn't make any sense because the affidavit fit clearly shows that the letter says that he was there it didn't make no sense so then we learn about big d and little d who so, also uh big d grew up with how we found J. out about
1: that part she paused it and we read the affidavit yeah
0: i did because it shows it
1: yeah so you can go on with the.
0: oh then we learn about who little d and big d are but little yeah. d is the son of big d big d also grew up with jam master J. he seems to be more of a is he a Gangster?
1: No, I think a he... a neighborhood tough Apparently, guy? he worked for uh, Def Jam at some point. That's what the, the son said.
0: Okay, but why does he go on a rant about hurting a police officer?
1: So, that interview that they showed, I've seen that interview somewhere. They, I don't remember where. They do an where. interview
0: with Big D at some point, and he they ask him what his feelings are on this detective who fingers him as a person of interest in the situation and his it's son. It's the
1: same... A retired police officer who's saying the police didn't do their due diligence. And yeah. the police are, w- are probably why some of the witnesses didn't talk or didn't feel safe enough to talk.
0: Right.
1: And he's pretty much saying, that hey, he's going to break that dude's jaw. He's going to be sipping through a, a straw for like eight he's or gonna nine gonna months. fire
0: him. Or if he couldn't fire him, he was going to wire him, meaning oh, like wire his
1: jaw. You know, saying you keep talking, stuff happens.
0: The detective from the other interview I, it sounds like the question was like, "What went on with the investigation?" Because it was still ongoing. Also, on top of that, yes, on top of that, this investigation is still ongoing, and the retired detective was just like, "It was botched by several different angles." Honestly, people not talking, uh, you know, the police not making situations comfortable for people to talk, <laughs> but and then they asked him who they thought, who he thought were people of interest for Jam Master Jay, and for whatever reason, this man says. Big D, Little D. Actually, no. He says Ronald Washington and Little D. That's what he says. He doesn't name Big D at all. Okay. He names Ronald Washington and Little D. But Big D takes offense. And it's like, he needs to keep our names out of his mouth. Blah, 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 blah. But that also gets thrown in there. And for us as the viewers, the only reason they're thrown in there is because Ronald Washington is dropping their names. So we're like, okay. Then we get either randy or somebody reiterating what lydia told them which was that when she was describing to the cops the shooters in addition to identifying allegedly ronald washington the second the actual shooter had a tattoo on his neck which they go to great lengths to show you that little d has a tattoo on his neck
1: bing bang boom
0: but that's all I
1: like to say about that
0: but then, then and that's kind of where they end it they're like it could possibly be these people there's been no moves to try to convict any of these people or at least um, charge them at all?
1: So for years it was just speculation and conjecture from the police side and from the witness side and the family just not knowing what to do or whatever.
0: Fast forward how many years? Fifteen years. Documentary came out in 2018. Uh, was recorded in 2017. So the documentary ends with them saying exactly that. We're frustrated. It's been 15-plus years. We have no answers. It's all still speculation. Fast forward even further, 2020, they bring up some convictions. Two years later, after the documentary was released, so the documentary was released in 2018, Ronald Washington, a.k.a. Tenard, and Carl Jordan Jr., a.k.a. Little D, were indicted on federal charges for Jay's murder. Jordan is, accused, is the accused sh- shooter, so that's Little D, and Washington is accused of orchestrating the killing after allegedly being cut out of a cocaine deal that Jay was a part of, allegedly. And then, let me see if there's more information. So Wikipedia has a whole bunch of stuff.
1: As of January 2022, a trial date had not been set yet.
0: Right. So we're in 2023. So, uh,
1: let me see. So how do you think they found that information? Do you think he was talking in jail? It's sound like they got this information from somebody.
0: Okay, so Wikipedia says in 2020, Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr., so that's Tennard and Lil D.
1: Yeah, let's Lil D.
0: Were indicted for JMSJ's murder. The indictment alleges that Jay had recently acquired 10 kilograms of cocaine from a distributor based in Maryland. How come everything's around
1: here? You know because I'm? this is a high drug trafficking uh, area. Port.
0: Thanks. So when then, I say
1: port, I mean where drugs go through.
0: <laughs> okay. So
1: and all some of your biggest drug dealers on the East Coast have been from DC. Okay. For the most part.
0: So Jamaster J, and Washington BMO. and or well Tenard and Lil D had an agreement to sell the cocaine on consignment, which is very interesting. But Mizell, or Mizell is James J cut the two men out of the dispute, allegedly. Um Tenard had been considered a suspect early on in the investigation, and Lil D had been charged in August 2003 with an attempted murder after shooting Jay's nephew Rodney.
1: So his,
0: that's the dude who was yeah. part of what Rustwater, whatever that thing was, Rusty called? Waters. That's uh, hilarious. Group.
1: And uh, he actually went out to get his money from Randy. Uh, Jay's business associate, in the documentary, and then he went to get a haircut, and he ended up, Randy ended up running out after everything went down, and then he uh, ended up running up the steps afterward, everything after everything
0: happened. Yep. So this goes on to say that both of those people, Tenard and Little D, they pled not guilty. In November 2021, it was announced that the federal prosecutors would, wouldn't seek the death penalty if they were convicted um uh, and that prosecutors would seek life imprisonment instead without the possibility of parole in October 2022 the trial was scheduled to begin uh what yeah it was scheduled to begin on February of 2023 uh but then prosecutors asserted that little D admitted to the crime in a conversation then in February of 2023 the trial was rescheduled to begin in November of 2023 After a key witness passed away, however, after an additional suspect was charged, a third subject was charged in May. The trial was rescheduled to January coming up.
1: So the third person charged is Jay Bryant. We don't know who the hell that is.
0: Bryant was already in custody for drug-related charges. It sounds like he's another friend. Uh,
1: Sounds like, did uh, Jay's nephew die? Did he kill Jay's nephew?
0: No, he shot him.
1: Oh, he just shot him.
0: That was 2003, and his nephew was on the documentary.
1: Okay. um, So it sounds like Little D didn't care about the family uh connection that him and it, dad and Jay had, sounds like. hmm But sense. the one guy did say that Little D had a connection that was known on the streets.
0: Oh, Brian, the third person? Bryant was observed entering the DJ's Queen's recording studio immediately before the shooting. So they found footage.
1: So he's probably the one who might have switched the tapes.
0: A piece of clothing left at the scene contained his DNA, according to the memo. Okay. Maybe. Uh, Brian allegedly claimed to an associate that he was the gunman who shot Jay. But the memo cast doubt on the claim and said evidence to be presented at a trial, at a coming trial, which showed that another person charged in the killing, Little D, fired twice from a close range. Mm. more twists and turns
1: so it seemed like all these people involved were telling on themselves and no one believed them until now yeah that's what it sounds like yeah so hopefully we made this more cohesive than it is in the documentary (laughs) the
0: documentary doesn't list this third person though
1: uh this
0: shook out well after
1: but yeah the documentary Pretty much the way the documentary is set up, it is the, them going through how he started, how he became Jam Master Jay. Mm-hmm. Then they go into their gripes with the people that were there for not talking and saying anything. Then they go to their to their theories of what happened and who were involved and who did what. Mm-hmm. Then they go into their gripe with the police, how the police aren't doing enough, or they think the police aren't doing enough, or they feel the police aren't.
0: Moving fast enough, yeah, Ch- yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, chasing down leads or hunting down leads like they should, mm-hmm. and then they wrap it up.
0: Basically, yeah. But like, I, so at the end of that documentary, what I really took away from it was, Jam Mister J was loved by his community. That's what I really took away from it. They were really hurt when he was gone.
1: Yeah, uh, DMC talks about how he didn't believe it until he went there and he saw uh, Chuck D and Ed Lover crying. Then he said he knew. He said baby cry like balling. Baby, baby crying. He said he knew then because he'd never seen them cry.
0: Right, but I I was shocked that they were there. I didn't realize how close all of these. I'm I'm from I'm used to '90s era rap where everybody was beefing against each other. It's, no, it was very touching that the, they were all like on the same accord.
1: The '80s hip hop heads, mm-hmm. the the God Godfather. I want to say. The, the the ones who constructed hip-hop, those guys, the all the parents are really, really close. They hang out with each other. They know each other. They battle each other. They're from the era of happy hip-hop where we all get along. We might have our beefs and disagreements, but it's just beef and disagreements. We all still get along. And so to see them guys talking to each other and, and getting along is not... Uh, strange strange at all it makes sense but dmc is also was uh just did a drink champs where he pretty much breaks down hip-hop how they all met and everything mm-hmm. and their little beef so gripes between different 80s hip-hop artists mm-hmm. like grandmaster flash and uh Melly mel and all those guys okay that's a re- and actually uh What's his face? Noriega actually let him talk, talk. So it was a really good interview.
0: I do find it interesting that there is a solidarity, though, with the early 80s. Artists, like, even though they have their beefs, there's still, like, respect there. Yeah, because they
1: built, they the founders of hip-hop. They built this thing.
0: I just find it very interesting. Because as soon as you get into the 90s, I think KRS-One still has beef with whomever.
1: Also, um, but that's neither here nor there. It has nothing to do with this. Um... (laughs)
0: But it was a good documentary all the way around.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I oh here's what I wanted to say, Russell was in it. I don't know why Run wasn't in it. That's if, what throws me off. Run wasn't in it. Everybody else was except Run.
0: I wonder if it was too much for Run. You know what I mean? This was somebody they were very close to. I wonder if he was like I, I
1: can't. Because actually he was the one who brought Jay in. Uh-huh. So him so, and Jay. Might I wonder have been if it was just too close for him. He was like I yeah. can't
0: I can't do it and not cry the entire time.
1: Yeah, so. Because
0: DMC tears up in the middle of his.
1: Yeah. So hopefully you guys go check out the Netflix uh, documentary.
0: Not a Netflix documentary, well, but it is on Netflix.
1: Well, Netflix. Check it out on Netflix. Remastered Who Killed Jam Master J. Do you like that? Because we like that.
0: Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify, interact, do all the things.
1: Because you know we like that.
0: Next up, Family Chantel. Great. What did you think?
1: What did you think?
0: I feel like they're running out of story.
1: I concur. Question mark? Yeah, I concur. Um... I got a, a hypothetical. hmm Tell me what you're thinking. Uh, so, with her, uh, what's that white guy's name again? Scott. Scott And uh, Lydia. hmm I think they're just messing around. And then the producers from another show and this show got together. And it was like, hey, since you guys need something for the, uh, the family Chantel, we're just going to try to pitch you guys as a couple, even though you guys are just having a casual thing. Mm-hmm and add that to the show Mm -hmm. and this big conflict from there you agree with that
0: i feel like she showed up on his swipe. lydia's in her new age era she's looking younger she's dressing younger
1: she looked good she's dressing like she's in a 90s video yes i love that every uh female group 90s video
0: i love that she's living her best salt and pepper dreams listen shoot
1: shoo, shoo,
0: That's all I hear whenever she walks in. That's all I'm hearing. Anywho, I think she got on the app and then came across Scott and was like, oh, isn't he also part of the 90 Day Fiance stuff? And then it kicked off from there. That's what I think. I don't think they've actually hooked up because I don't know if you've noticed whenever we see them two together, they're not affectionate to each other. They toast they're talking and whatnot every so often he'll hug her and like pick her up but that's it they don't kiss they They, don't do anything else and it's always behind a closed door
1: like i said i think it's just was i don't think they're
0: messing around at all
1: oh you didn't think they're having sex either Mm -hmm. i didn't think that either but for the show let's just say i think they were just messing around and the show's like hey this would be a neat storyline for you guys. Mm-hmm. Add more conflict to you guys, or whatever. Add something else, because if you take that from the family, uh, from Pedro's family, what else do they have?
0: Oh, if you take that storyline out, yeah, revenge against Chantel's family. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. Other yeah. than okay, that's that's pretty we, much. We it. We could have
0: focused on Pedro trying to hook up with Karima. We could we could have did a lot of things, but they went that route with scott and lydia for some reason
1: because i don't think karama wanted to be part of it that's fair to an extent like that I, that's fair i i think they had nothing else and i think the little feud thing since it's so one-sided you say on uh on the internet and stuff
0: yeah the internet vilified Pedro's entire family
1: so they were like let's give y'all something else to at least keep the people interested in you guys other than I don't even I know if it's necessarily to
0: keep interested in them or just to fill out this season. Next episode is the finale. Well, yeah,
1: fuller. Yeah. They needed more filler. Right. So, all right.
0: I think they, were just, they just threw a bunch of stuff at the wall and was like, you want to do it? And they were like, sure. <laughs> sure. So
1: pretty much in this episode, uh, Scott's talking to Lydia about the aftermath of him and uh, Pedro getting together. Mm-hmm. He's telling her how him and Pedro locked up. She tries to show Lydia the bruise on his head. She touches it. He goes, Ah, adios mio, adios this hurts, babe. She goes, Oh She can't even muster affection or sorrow for this dude. Oh sympathy. Sympathy. Anything. She
0: she goes <laughs> like like yeah. a, like an ant.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like as to say man so, up.
0: Like a little kid got hurt. Like, oh no, oh no. Yeah, or oh, to say no.
1: or to say man up.
0: That's a big owie. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Pretty much, but, but he does
0: that turn was. it into you think you can help me take care of it upstairs, and it's
1: uh, yeah, so then they go upstairs. You still have so before all that happens, you have Chantel and River, yeah, having a conversation. And Chantelle is talking about how it they're, takes
0: it's a catch up, they're catching up with each other now that she's living back home,
1: and there she's talking about how it takes American men four years to get married and all this stupid stuff. I Which, don't
0: know if this is for the show or if it's real for her. This, like, hyper-focus on being married and having kids. I think that's real for her.
1: Ooh. I just think um, it just means you are not that, not the one for those guys. That's all that means.
0: Or maybe it's not your time. How, how about that? Maybe God's telling you, relax. Take a step back. How about you learn more about yourself?
1: No, that's the aftermath of what's happened. Oh, I see. But they don't see that. You see what I'm saying? No one sees. Hard eye rolls. Hard eye rolls. No one sees that. And you're right. It is God telling you it's not your time.
0: I'm confused.
1: Wait. <laughs> wait. Get yourself together.
0: Hey. Thoroughly. You're not done cooking yet. How about exactly. that? So
1: then come back. Then we'll come back to this. Right. But people like to force the issue. That's how a lot of people end up marrying people they're not supposed to be with. So confused. Some people marry people they're only supposed to be with for like a season. Mm-hmm. True. They make those people lifelong things and then wonder why They're their not. whole relationship is so much turmoil and there's no peace or happiness. Yeah. Because that person was supposed to be in your life for a season to teach you one thing. hmm Or something about yourself and other people. Right. Then you're supposed to move on. It, But it's the same thing with friendship, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Anywho, like Javon said, her and uh, River are catching up. We then haven't you...
0: seen River since his failed dating. <laughs> circus
1: Why would we want to see River? Because he's a rapper now, Calvin. River is not interesting rapper at is all. Rappers dropping hot bars. River now. is he's in the studio. River is the plastic. All day. River is the plastic. The plastic on a CD. You just Like the wrap, it.
0: the casing.
1: Yeah, you just remove it and go on about your business. That's all he is. Oh, not
0: even the case. He's he's the thin plastic. You have to yeah, peel off yes, and get to get the, the case. Yeah, he's the thin plastic.
1: You Yeah, that's what he is. Wow. Oh, he's the back of a cater just. You just open it, eat what's in it. You don't even care. Wow. That's what wow. else has he done other than that? What else has he brought to this show? Oh,
0: he's been the, the reason, quote unquote, according to Chantal. Talks about how calm he is. He's a great sounding board. And he never liked Pedro. He's been telling her, apparently from jump, this is not a good guy. Every
1: six episodes? Yeah. Whatever. And he's not even saying nothing that's so in- introspective. Neither. I, I also don't know why you would ask your
0: little brother who's, in a, who's been in nothing but failed relationships. Relationship advice. So yeah,
1: who doesn't understand manhood himself? No, the accent about but did jump you jump gotta...
0: into a relationship with somebody who was a single mother and then was like, ugh, too much.
1: Yeah, and then you have a whole dad that knows how to tolerate your type of women. That's true. That you can talk to. That's true. Easily.
0: But he—he's all. But at least on the show, he's somebody who's like, "There's only one of me. You'll never meet somebody else like me." Kind of a deal.
1: Eh, he can still tell you how to navigate yourself.
0: Do you think there's somebody out there that can handle, that, that will truly love Chantel the way she wants to be loved and handle her family?
1: Yeah. Her family's not that hard to handle. Um, You just have to be able to ignore things. Or what? not let things get to you.
0: Tune out things? Yeah. That doesn't sound healthy. Okay.
1: It's not, it's. Sometimes that's the best thing for you, and eh. sometimes it helps you eh. move on with things.
0: I think the person that would work best for her in that scenario is somebody who wants to be close to family but doesn't have that accessibility, and then it would be a perfect fit for her.
1: Yeah, I don't think
0: because if this if she meets somebody who also has a very close knit family, they're gonna come to heads again. I don't.
1: I guess I don't. I don't think so. I just think that person needs to be able to. I think so. Just be like, yeah.
0: Her family that's... is, in. Karen yeah. Malone is involved it is in her life. It is.
1: Yeah. You just got to be like, it is what it is. And be able to move on. Until you can't take it no more, then you speak up. And Wait, then I think if you speak up the right way, I think they'll be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll accept it, but I think they should be able to understand it.
0: I didn't know that this... We're also playing the episode as we're watching. As we're talking about the episode, uh, let's go ahead and jump into Chantel talking to her old, her quote-unquote old good friend, Obed, who started out as Pedro's friend in the early seasons of the family Chantel. Apparently, he was only in the first season, disappeared.
1: Yeah, so if you don't know, Obed is pretty much... Obed. Obed. Obed, Obey, whatever his name is, Um, started off being friends with uh, Pedro's family. Something happened in between there, and he had a falling out, and he has never been back on the series since the first episodes, first season, like Javon said. Mm-hmm. So now, for some reason, she wants to meet him, as if he can add some type of light on what really happened or how Pedro was really thinking.
0: Story-wise, from Chantel's perspective, like character Chantel's perspective, to further vilify Pedro, adding him back in, Makes sense, story-wise, because he gives her even more... Ammunition? Yeah, about why she should be upset and low-key glad she's no longer with him. He didn't write the proposal that she was so in admir- admiration of. He w- apparently was making fun of her behind her back.
1: Why are we shocked by that?
0: I don't know if it's necessarily shock as much as it is story. Just to f- flesh out even more story.
1: Here's a, another uh, public service announcement to women. Most guys don't write whatever loving thing you think they, how cool they write about, wrote about you, poem or whatever. Nine times a day, it's plagiarized or someone else wrote it for them.
0: I feel like. Let's
1: just get that out there. That
0: falls into a category of, like, maturity. Because when you're younger and you have all of these delusional dreams of, like, what TV tells you is going to be, like, the perfect relationship, you start checking boxes to that. But when you get older and you have more experience under your belt, you realize intention sometimes weighs a lot heavier than actual execution.
1: So he's pretty much telling her the stuff that she already thought she knew, already knew. So now she's pretend crying. I don't know. I guess she's crying for real. Is she?
0: I can never tell with her. I, I don't know if it's because maybe she's just that laid back in personality. She doesn't really... I l- think raise I, a lot of emotions to the surface. I think she just had so much Botox, her face can't do it. I
1: think she is because she ugly cries, like ugly, ugly. Does cries.
0: she every time I see her, it's like her face can't, it can't make the scrunching to cry.
1: And she has a lot of makeup on, so that yeah. kind of free fr- your freezes your face.
0: True, true. So,
1: but either I, way. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, so, moving on from that, that happened. Right. So then, Pedro tells Lydia, Lydia that uh, he heard from his sister, Nicole, that, uh...
0: It was, it's very she... much like my hairdresser's sister's uncle's best friend saw this go down.
1: Yeah, so he's Because Nicole's telling...
0: best friend it's had been... a friend... Who was following
1: scott around following scott around and saw that scott was trying to get numbers for somebody else at the i guess the pool. hotel the hotel mm-hmm. pool then he also tells his mom how nicole told him that lit uh Nicole's i mean what's uh what? Chantel's mom's name karen Karen reached out to her ex alejandro alejandro nicole's
0: ex not lydia
1: nicole's ex alejandro to get information about the family pedro and the family
0: and we also know Karen hired a private investigator. Do you think that's going to, with one episode left, do you think that's going to shake out to anything?
1: Nothing. <laughs> to anything? I think that dude is taking that money and going about his business. <laughs> I and I don't know why she thought Alejandro was going to show up anyway.
0: I still don't think that was real. I think it was agreed on the show to drop that name. I don't think he's a part of this whatsoever.
1: Okay. Zero percent. Since. The fans that everybody knew about Alejandro—that's just using a name that everybody already knows—to yes. say he was trying to help, be trying to get him to do this. It's
0: almost like a best of type of season where like they're bringing back all these old faces and names. Why not? So now because.
1: we're watching, and uh, Lydia has on her '90s uh, jogging suit outfit.
0: You know what it gives Aaliyah?
1: <laughs> yes, one in a million. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: and I live for it. Yes, it's a great great era to dress in this is where she goes to yell at scott the so booty popping
1: cheeks are out nice
0: lydia spent the night with scott we're supposed to believe that they did they did the dirty with and then pedro lets lydia know what was going down with nicole and the friend in the pool so this is lydia confronting him they have the craziest fight where lydia with a translator tells him that the the, the peepee was bad okay she did not have fun oh
1: so really bro so, we're just gonna low bros, low blows, bro, low bros, bro. Well, guess what? Colombian women are way better than Dominican women. That's what he said. Okay. That's, okay. That's so, there. Said. All you did was just lay there. All you did was yeah. just lay there. Like a chicken, and you took it. It
0: did. It, it, okay. it, it didn't feel real. It just uh, so it doesn't like, matter.
1: No one, it was all non real emotions.
0: Also, it ended just as soon as it started. So, it doesn't. There's no love lost. No one cares.
1: Exactly. They don't even care. They just leave. Truly, they don't. So, um,
0: but speaking of Karen investigating the family, Lydia yeah. and Nicole go and decide to do something.
1: So Lydia and Nicole decide they're going to get some voodoo boxes and send it to them.
0: They go to La Botanica, which apparently is like a- Boogie Boogie
1: boogity place.
0: It's a, Yeah, yeah. They mention Santeria, which I know you're not supposed to play around with stuff like that. Nicole and Lydia are for sure playing around and stuff they are not First, supposed to be messing with.
1: Um They use Santa Maria.
0: Not Santa Maria, Santa Santa. Maria.
1: In baseball when you hit a home run. So, Santa Maria? Yeah. Santa Maria.
0: Or sent that's not the same thing as Santa.
1: Whatever, sure.
0: Okay. Continue. Anyway, so basically they're trying to they go to La Botanica and ask the guy there if they can create a box of just like they don't they said they don't wanna harm the family, but they do wanna scare the family. So, this, so it's supposed to be like a like a box of inconvenience, basically.
1: So this dude has the biggest card. Okay, I tell you what I can do for you.
0: Listen. Any woo-woo who's into that type of stuff, spirituality, whatever you wanna call it.
1: We're gonna into, get a a needle doll. We go get the pin-needle doll first.
0: First rule of that is no harm. The first rule usually for most of this is no harm. Whatever you put out there is coming back at you. So what's really funny to me is that in the previous for next week, Nicole looks sick.
1: So I give you a cigar, too. Okay, that's another thing. Okay, voodoo doll. We have bottle of liquid of mistakes. What Um, is
0: this impression?
1: We have juju, juju bean boxes. Okay.
0: Lydia and Nicole's intention is to create this box, send it to Chantel's family, kind of scare them. Nicole is giddy. So...
1: Chantel family gets it. They start freaking out, Then they eventually light the box on fire on the porch. Whenever
0: this gets to it, they freak out before they even open the box.
1: Yes. This is from Center... uh, Center, DR. DR. I forgot they say it was from. They're like, DR. Oh, what is this? (laughs) What is this? Don't open it. Don't
0: open it. Like, open like it. immediately. I'm like, like that's they're interesting. sending them explosives <laughs> to
1: blow their house up or something like that.
0: That's interesting and weird. Anyway. So, they burn it. So Chantel's family gets it. Uh, Chantel acts freaked out. Karen acts freaked out. And they decide to burn it.
1: So then you have, at the end, Chantel calling Pedro, we need to have a sit down. We need to meet.
0: She's like, that's the last straw. Of what? Anyway, so then.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so then that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, it was. It's it's a pretty short filler episode because we're about to end the season. There, after I want to say after the second episode, there wasn't that much to talk about. They broke up. We found out how they were dealing with the day to day stuff: selling the house, moving out, trying to move on. That's really it. I want to know if Karen's able to use this private investigator to feed into her she is belief.
1: Walking. All the hips and shakes. That
0: Pedro is cheating on Chantel. Because that was also what she wanted that investigator for. She was trying to get his citizenship revoked. And she was, or not citizenship, his uh, access to America revoked. That's and not going to happen. She also wanted to prove that he was cheating on Chantel, either with Karima or with a coworker. Hard, hard wanted to prove this. So I'll be very interested to see what happens. Chantel in the next episode does go down to the DR. She's there with her brother. Who's she there with?
1: Her family, I guess. So pretty much we put we, we way more filler into this episode than what the episode really was. The
0: episode takes a long time to talk about the Lydia Scott thing, and a long time to yeah. talk about the box, and a long time to talk about Chantelle's, um, both playing a victim and being a victim. And then also <laughs> 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 these very interesting outlandish demands that she be a mother before she turns 39. And she's already thirty-two.
1: One thing I was—I give it to Lydia. She is showing off that body.
0: She worked hard for it. She, she
1: should. Is showing it off.
0: Do it, girl. You earned it. Lord, earn him. it. So
1: that's the family. Chantel. What do you, what in do you think about
0: Chantel dating all these rappers now and athletes
1: uh, I'm not shocked. It is what it is. They're not going to do anything with her neither. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> you don't think she could find love in a hopeless place with one of them?
1: Javon, it's just for a cloud. What if
0: it's a Sierra situation and she meets her what's his face? Something Wilson with Wilson. Russell?
1: Russell Wilson?
0: Yeah, what if it's a Sierra situation and she meets her Russell Wilson?
1: Moving on, let's stop.
0: You don't think that's possible? No. Okay.
1: This is all C celebrities, one domestic C celebrities to get their couple of hours to know their on IG or Facebook or whatever the platforms are. What
0: if she gets to a football player that's not really a known name? what if what if he rides the bench
1: good for her it don't even matter at that point Aye, who cares whatever.
0: anyway that's family cento
1: life after lockup. up uh, hit you with the the, the rose because
0: apparently it's two
1: thousand two uh, Is um,
0: hypnotic so, still a thing
1: yes uh so time for love Are life hopes after lock up if you want to i i don't know
0: like the drink. Do you remember Hulk?
1: The Incredible Hulk? Yeah. That's just Hypnotic and Hennessy. Mixed. I
0: know. Do we still do it?
1: Yes, some people still do it.
0: Okay, let's continue.
1: It has nothing to do with life after locker. Thank you. I feel so like it should. I'm do the same thing you do to me. Anywho, moving right along. First couple is Britney and Karak. Wait, what do you do
0: to me? Arr, arr! There you go.
1: First, oh my God. First uh, couple is Britney and Karak. So basically, we go now, they're jumping out the plane. And they're jumping out. Britney shits on herself repeatedly. Um, she,
0: yeah, she's scared.
1: Karak is just, I don't know what he's doing. He's having a great old time. Um, but on the ground, Karak's family is setting up with signs to say, will you marry me, Brittany? So, Britney, Karak lands first. Britney lands. Brittany doesn't even see the signs because she's still in fear. Yeah. And Barack gets on one knee and acts her to marry him. Are you saying Barak? I did say Barack. Karak. (laughs) Karak gets on one knee and says, will you marry me? She dives on her, says yes. And then his mom goes, turn around, look at the goddamn signs. We put a lot of effort into this. She sees the signs. Everyone's happy party, whatever. She calls her grandma, lets her grandma know that, hey, she just got engaged. Her grandma goes, oh, that's great. I thought he said he hated you or loved you. Oh, he was trying to ask for your hand. Great. Okay, cool. And that's pretty much Brittany and Karak. Yeah, know, pretty much. Just they get engaged. That's it. That's it. Okay. Moving on to Blaine and Lindsay. My favorite couple. So you wanna talk let them know how Blaine and Lindsay?
0: Blaine and Lindsay, they're crack a over there. Um Living the Dream in Mississippi. Living
1: our best life, as I would say is Blaine. Are they
0: in Alabama or Mississippi?
1: I don't know. We're just here. I think it's Mississippi. We're all um, existing.
0: After the previous life after lockup, they were on shaky terms. We didn't know if Lindsay was gonna give Blaine the full chance because she felt like he was trying to control her but honestly he was just being a very reasonable person anyway then things have changed since then uh lindsey been out she's been holding down her job she's been staying clean uh same thing for blaine he's been staying clean he got out of his legal situations and now he has custody of his kid which is oh, a big deal i
1: got my son down so life's good i guess it's better than it was back then
0: that's not how he talks so
1: Get in the car, Lindsay.
0: Nope. So it's him, Lindsay, and his son living in their home. And Lindsay decides, you know what we need to do? Bring my daughter into this as well.
1: I felt that was the right thing to do. We're both parents.
0: That's not what he says at all. But there's trepidation on her daughter's end. Her daughter simultaneously wants to live with her mom, get to know her mom more. But she also recognizes her mom doesn't really know her. She's been away. Majority of this kid's life, and she's been raised by her grandmother, who we find out is actually her step grandmother. She is Lindsay's grandfather's like second or third wife. And when Lindsay's grandfather passed, this lady honestly stepped up. She was trying to help take care of Lindsay, she took care of Lindsay's daughter when Lindsay got put away. The conversation is very interesting that they have about bringing Lindsay's daughter to live with her. You can tell that there's concern from the grandmother's end of whether or not this will work. But you also have Brittany, or not Brittany, Lindsay, who wants this to work more than anything. She's like really striving towards this mom-daughter situation that she's been thinking about since prison.
1: So it pretty much, I'm assuming this happened before and it failed numerous times before. So I can understand her haste and wanting to do it again. Ooh, All Lindsay's she... haste? No, the grand, the step grandma. The grandmother's hesitation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So all she could do is just be there, or she she can say no and put her foot down. Mm-hmm. But if she's gonna just go yeah and give it to her, then she needs to step back and just be there just in case something happens. Yikes! Anyway, so that's all she can do.
0: That's where we leave that. Next couple.
1: Chevelle, che- Chevelle and Quelan.
0: Yeah. It Honestly, like not jungle. much there either. The moms fight with each other about the venue. JaVale's mom is like, I'm not paying for this venue. I don't even like your son. Qualon's mom is like, Choo-choo. I don't fight street people, but I will today. Kind Choo-choo. of deal. <laughs> So they split them up. Then we find out Qualon and Chevelle never really stopped talking. They did, according to JaVale, they broke up. And then he had to fix himself and get back with her. But according to Qualon, they stayed talking because he stayed in her daughter's life as a father. So I, I was confused.
1: Which that's means pretty much it. He was hitting it the whole time they want to break up. Anywho, um, yeah, that's that's like she said, that's it for them. Uh, Michael and Justine. So pretty much, Michael and Justine fly from Vegas to Rhode Island to to see Michael's kids and to take them all out to have a family day or whatever.
0: Which is still messed up. Michael says he hasn't seen his kids in five months. That means he got out, moved in with Justine, and peaced out on them. They haven't seen him at all.
1: So then he's he, he They get there. The kids are happy to see them. He talks to his sister privately. His sister lets him know, "Hey, your kids are hanging in there, but they miss you a lot." He said, "I know." Before all that, while they're in the car driving to the house, Michael and Justine tells their ki- tells Justine kids, "Hey, don't tell Michael's kids that we're moving to Vegas," which is messed up. And the kids go, "Okay." So fast forward, put a pin in that. Um, they get to the house, they pick up the kids, they take. The, I don't know where they go, but they go somewhere. Take the kids to a hotel. They all check into the hotel. They're all getting to know each other over again. They're eating, all dressed in the same pajamas, like one big happy
0: matching family.
1: Over populated Brady Bunch family.
0: It does look like the hood Brady Bunch for real.
1: It's like their Brady Bunch extended extended Brady Bunch. Dun, dun, dun. The
0: Dr. Brady Bunch.
1: Yep. So then, while they're having girl time, Michael's oldest daughter—I don't know her name. Michael's
0: name. Michael's eldest and Justine's, Justine's eldest, eldest start talking, and Justine's eldest lets her her new stepsister know. Listen. Your dad's trying to move to Las Vegas. He's trying to move there for more music or whatever. But it's happening. And his eld—just not Justine, Michael's eldest is like, what the hell is happening right now? At first she's like, are they moving for you? Talking to her stepsister. Because we find out Justine's daughter is going to the University of Las Vegas. And Justine's like, of course I want to be close to her. I'm like, okay. But in the previous life after lockup, They were trying to move there for Michael's career.
1: So they were trying to move there regardless if she was going to UNLV. Yeah, because at that time,
0: her daughter was was trying to go back east for school.
1: So, and that's pretty much where they leave it at. Justine, nosy daughter, telling Michael's daughter that they're moving to Vegas.
0: I disagree. I felt that her daughter did the right thing.
1: Of course uh so next we have melissa and louie
0: also not nothing really happening here they're really struggling for storyline it seems like these are two people who actually genuinely like each other and that's like kryptonite for the love after lockup world
1: so pretty much he gets there he sees that they just had an argument that night he makes her breakfast she's still stuck up for she's, some she's mad reason. that he made breakfast i guess so he can't do anything right so nope. now they're going to meet her family for, like, a cookout or something.
0: Also, the saddest cookout.
1: Yes. He gets there, and it's like mafia style. Uh,
0: mafia wannabe.
1: Wannabe stuff going on. His dad has a Her dad has a bat, and he's.
0: Mind you, he's like 80 years old.
1: They're literally playing into the mafia <laughs> stereotypes for Italians like, very heavily. Why? I have no idea they why. They need
0: a storyline.
1: Anywho, she's kind of wondering why they're being so hard on him. You're the reason they're being hard on him. Right,
0: flashback to all of the scenes of her complaining non-stop about him to them. Certainly. How
1: he's not doing anything right. So you're the reason he's catching hell. Don't be shocked when I catch hell with your family because you're the one telling your family that I'm not doing nothing. Public service announcement. If you're going to take your significant other to the barbecue and your parents and people treat them bad, it's your fault.
0: Public service announcement. Maybe what happens on your relationship just be for you.
1: Thank Maybe. you. Maybe. That's what. Sh- that? That's what it should be.
0: And if it's not working for you, maybe break up with that. And person. if
1: you're going to tell bad things, tell all the good things too. Make sure they get a good update with bad update.
0: Ooh, that kind of makes me want to ask you your opinion on um. Ninety Day Fiance, with the crazy. The crazy half, biracial man, um, and his girl from the UK when she was talking to his friends. Yeah. What did you think of that scene? Because you said that his friends were in the wrong; they should have kept their mouths shut.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, too, I commend. But it
0: was it was a situation where he was only talking about the bad but things she did.
1: I commend them on checking him for like, yo, you didn't tell us none of the the the, the full story,
0: right?
1: So then they kind of turned on him. Yeah. So I commend them for that, but yeah, he keep your mouth shut. But also, yeah, yeah, your friends don't need to know your relationship. If you're going to tell them, bad. Make sure you tell good. The problem is we want to always tell the bad. We never tell the good. But
0: you don't give the context either. Nor
1: do we tell when we make up.
0: Right. Or 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 what we're doing wrong in the relationship. Or or when
1: things are going good.
0: It's crazy. We only want to
1: reach out when there's bad.
0: That's really all the storyline, though, for Melissa and Louie. That's it for right now. It's just... Him being like, are we together? And her being like, we'll see. That's it.
1: That's pretty much like she said. Uh, So Chance and Taylor. So Chance and Taylor. Taylor's it's the best
0: storyline so far.
1: Taylor's sister comes over Bobby. The twin. She's a, they're, they're twins?
0: Yes, remember? They're
1: oh, twins. I was wondering why. That's why she
0: was so sad when Bobby decided to leave and go to oh, rehab. I was
1: wondering why, why the hell she keeps It was twins. also why
0: Bobby was giving Chance such a hard time. Taylor's her twin. Oh,
1: learn something new every day. Okay. Um, So, Bobby's there talking to Chance and Taylor, and she has an announcement. She's getting engaged. To a black man. To a black man named Scott. So then, they're all outside. I guess they're working on Taylor's business or whatever. Yeah,
0: they're epoxying uh, a table.
1: And Scott shows up, introduces himself. Then Chaz all of a sudden gets... Super black. Yeah. All his mannerisms kind of change. For he, some dro- he drops reasons. his shoulder. He you starts walking with a lean. So he's like, yo, man, I'm about to make this run right quick. Could you come with me? And Scott goes, sure, I guess. <laughs> that
0: person I met today. Yeah. yeah,
1: okay. So then him and Bobby, Scott and Bobby goes in the house, and Bobby tells him, hey, just keep eye on him because he's whatever. I don't trust him. yet." Mm-hmm. she's like, cool, babe, whatever. So the Chance comes back and says, yo, dude, let's go. Let's, let's roll. So they go on a, a, a excursion to a uh a junkyard. A junkyard with a to, acts about a limo.
0: There's a, a smattering of random behind cars in various stages of decay, and they go to this limo, and it, Chance is like. I'm trying to get in the entertainment business, aka be a limo driver.
1: And he was like, "Yeah, man, you can make a whole lot. of Man, I make about fifty thousand a month so I'm doing this job right here, man. That's what I do."
0: That man appeared out of thin air. I didn't see him walk out of building.
1: Siobhan, Calvin, he has no shoes. <laughs> He's
0: a dirty genie.
1: He's a dirty genie. That's what he has no
0: a shoes. A dirty, a dirty car genie who demands fifteen grand for the you know limo. What?
1: I just want you to know what you're going, what you, what you're putting in on it. I'm, I'm gonna need about fifteen thousand, almost twenty thousand for you to come and have my business, you know what I'm saying? She if can't. your business is doing good, you wouldn't need him to give you fifteen, twenty thousand. 20000 Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Here's another thing, ladies and gentlemen. Here's how you know you shouldn't be in business with somebody. If they don't have on shoes, during your business meeting, you might not, should not go in business with them. I'm just saying. <laughs> if I pull up, and we're supposed to be doing business together, you have on, no shoes, and you're standing outside in the dirt. And then we go on a, first of all, we shouldn't go on a ride together, but Let's say we just, I like your your personality. We go on a ride. If you lift up your feet and your feet like coal at the bottom, mm-hmm. like coal, mm-hmm. charcoal, mm-hmm. the stuff you put in the grill. Yep. Put me out right here, sir. I'll walk back to my car. This meeting is over.
0: Um, I also would like to really press the point. That maybe you shouldn't go to a junkyard and ask for a limousine.
1: You would think that would be obvious.
0: Let alone a 15 grand Limousine
1: You would think that would be obvious That's from the 80s you think that would be obvious
0: That thing should be $2,000 Look how this thing rides man Look how
1: smooth this thing rides Imagine you get that all the business you can That thing should be $2,000
0: right It's the grossest looking he thing He
1: pretty much went to do business with Boomhauer If any of you uh, God what's the name of that, that cartoon I Don't
0: even know King of the Hill
1: Yes You don't know but I'm you good. said it I'm good I'm right off the, off the, King of the Hill I'm good The dude sound like Boomhauer <laughs> This is the guy, he's about to buy a limo or rent. Isn't
0: or, there a Bobby in King of the Hill?
1: Yeah. There's a Bobby too. <laughs> Bobby, no. Bobby. That's
0: my purse. That's that show, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bobby,
1: no. But this is the person he's doing business with. Oh, about to get this limo from. <laughs> so meanwhile, back at the ranch... Not Taylor, and Bobby, <laughs>
0: Not
1: Taylor and Bobby are standing outside working the table. Mm-hmm. The table and this car keeps passing by. So while Chance and the guy is doing it little talking their business, Chance and
0: Scott, yeah, yeah,
1: you get a flashback to the house, and every time Taylor says, "Why is this car going by?" Mm-hmm. And then you go back to Chance and come back to Taylor's show this car has been going by like five, six times now. Why is it doing? Finally, the car stops.
0: And the smallest head pops out of that window. It's a it's a tiny person that's in there. Where's your husband
1: at? Uh,
0: He's like, yo, where's Chance? She's like,
1: who are you? My name is Bobo.
0: No, he goes, yo, where's Chance? She goes, I don't know. I don't know. know what Chance is. He's not here right now. Can I help He's, you? Can I help you? And he goes, you tell him Bobo came by. And he peels out.
1: Ba- Bobo? That's weird. Bobby, we should go in the house. I don't feel comfortable now.
0: Bobby is done with the shit. Honestly, Bobby hates Chance. So she's just like, why? Why?
1: And that's pretty much how it ends. Yep. Pretty much it. And that's pretty much life after lockup.
0: It's not a whole lot going on. Edition.
1: This is the uh, edition.
0: Not a whole lot going on. Maybe next episode will get a little juicier. Yeah,
1: because they still have to bring in Sean and his, I can't remember her name, and Janome yeah. in red.
0: I want to call her Emily. I don't think that's her name. No. But I feel like Sean's storyline is also played out. Like, what else are we gonna talk about?
1: Apparently, somebody comes back in Sean's life. Or like her his life? Kids? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like what? Something happens. I think, and you know, what's funny. I think Sean's one's gonna be the juiciest one of the whole bunch. I disagree. I guarantee. You.
0: I think they're gonna make, I think there's a reason they're keep they saving Janome and bread.
1: Sean never disappoints me.
0: He constantly disappoints me. No, he doesn't. Their storyline last season wasn't Sean good. Sean does
1: things like, you, but you never think, like, I don't know, put a hot tub in the living room for no apparent reason. In the living room. And then get mad when he don't get any.
0: That was hilarious.
1: That's Sean. You
0: wanted romance.
1: <sighs> oh, Sean. <laughs> That's her voice. <laughs> just, oh, He just don't get it, Sean.
0: I, I don't understand. I want to know how they roped the producers into including them.
1: I don't think they had to. I think Juicy's like, got him. Good, juicy, boxy.
0: Depression. Anyway, but, that's it.
1: Yep. Uh, that's life after lockup in a nutshell.
0: Thank you for listening to We Like That podcast.
1: We Like That.
0: Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time.
1: Later, people. Yeah.